Welcome to episode 24 of Viper Crew Spotlight. I am your host, Wack, and once again, only joined by Jackson. Ashton is on vacation. Hey, you know, we all gotta take a vacation sometimes. I took mine the beginning of June. You took you took yours like in a little small window. You were still able to record with us. Uh, and now Ashton's taking his. Uh, I'm back from a busy weekend at the Texas High School Coaches Association Conference. That was a um, it was a tiring but fun event. I wasn't there um, so much like you would see people at the booths and stuff. We had uh, we had to film some sessions, so I was kind of managing that. But we're back better than ever. Jackson, how you doing, man? Doing good. I had a very busy week last week. Uh, we had citywide photo shoots going on for football, which are always a, lo- a ton of fun. We also headed out to Willis for a photo shoot uh, for their campus. And then this week we've got uh, – we had Rose Hill Christian and Legacy Prep, which are both a ball of fun. So it's been a busy week, and it's been uh, pretty busy everywhere else as well, as uh, you'll see what we got to talk about during the show. Yeah, it is a it is officially um, photo shoot season. I mean, is is it is it is there ever not photo shoot season with a five? I feel like, you know, maybe maybe like from like what May to like early June, um, just because you know you you don't really take photo. You can't. There's really nothing to take for photo wise. But we're almost it's almost always photo uh, photo shoot season here at Vibe, and and we're we're rolling with the fall photo shoots now. Uh, I think what we have a little maybe a little bit of a reprieve next week, and then back at it. I know for me especially. Got a few schools here up in the Hill Country area coming up here early August. But that being said, let's jump into what this show is about, of course, talking uh, Texas high school football recurring news. And uh, we'll talk about a couple of the big ones this week that happened across the state of Texas. Uh, of course, probably the biggest one that happened on um, on Wednesday was Malik Muhammad, um, South Oak Cliff, um, commits to Texas. Um, he had, what, were, what was uh, Alabama and... Um, was it Alabama and AM where they led to? Is that correct? Uh, um, so he commits there. Um, Jackson, what do you what do you what do you make of this commitment? I think this is a big time get for Texas. Uh, you've seen a lot of offensive players and uh, high profile offensive players commit so far, and getting a guy like Malik Muhammad to uh, commit there is very big for them. Uh, getting one of these top, he's the second rated cornerback in the country top in the state of Texas. So this is a big time get for Texas uh, to kind of start jumping on getting some defensive players. As we know, the SEC is a defensive type of league. I expect them to try to hit hard on getting some of these in-state players like Anthony Hill and David Hicks. But uh, Malik Muhammad was definitely another stepping stone to take and trying to get that number one recruiting class this year. Do you think this might have an impact on maybe where JVN goes? I mean, he's, he seems to be leaning a and I know I think it was uh, Brian Peroni even says, um, you know, they're working hard on him and Anthony Hill. Um, do you think this might help the cause of Texas and maybe still in JVN in a way? What are your, I know as the kind of the A&M kind of go-to expert here, uh, what, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Do you think he's still locked in with A&M? Yeah, I think he's still locked in with A&M. I know he's going to be going to the pool party uh, here at the end of the July. Uh, it's one of A&M's biggest recruiting events. You saw A&M get a lot of commitments last year from it. Uh, I expect him to still be going to that. And honestly, I, I haven't seen anything that's really showed that uh, he might be thinking about the other way. I think he likes A&M and likes what they're going to bring for him. So as of right now, I'd say A&M is still a lock for him. Um, but other than that, I mean, uh, I think A&M's recruitment in general is going to start picking up very soon. 
You're going to see uh, a lot of commitments from what I've been hearing happening at the pool party. You saw a lot of AM uh, assistant coaches and a lot of AM recruiting uh, coordinators and what so have you also commits. Start posting a hashtag, hashtag Aggie Elite with a diamond emoji. Uh, no one really knew what that was about. Everyone was trying to figure out what it was about. Uh, but obviously, there's something in the works going on at Texas A&M. So as we see, Texas is already putting together a great class. You see A&M is it's definitely got something coming, and uh, don't expect it to hold off too much longer uh, as A&M has kind of had a slow summer in recruiting. But I expect it to pick up, and uh, it's going to be very exciting to see two uh, Texas and Texas A&M kind of battling out for recruits these next couple of weeks. Uh, I know you mentioned Anthony Hill as well. I think Anthony Hill is kind of a toss-up right now. Uh, I think when you look at both sides, uh, both sides have great uh, have had great linebacker play the past couple of years. Uh, I know if uh, Anthony Hill decided to go to AM, I know he would probably play right away for AM in a heartbeat. Uh, they really have one returning linebacker. They missed out on Harold Parkins this year uh, in this past recruiting class. So I know Anthony, uh, if he's looking at playing time, I think AM is a great fit for him, but I know he's going to get playing time whichever side he decides to play at. So uh, as of right now, I'd say Anthony Hill is kind of 50-50, uh, but we'll see how everything starts to turn out as we get towards the end of July going into the fall season. You know, you, you, you said something that kind of maybe sparked a, a topic of discussion with, for, for, for us. And you know, since we don't have very many topics in the, in the first half of the show, I'm going to bring it up now. Do you think that might actually be maybe a less of a concern for athletes like playing time? You know, trying to get that three years of eligibility out of the way, go, you know, go pro, get that, get, get the, you know, NFL money. But now with NIL kind of in, in the mix, it might be okay, like to maybe take a, you know, take that red shirt year or, or something. Do you think NIL might, might factor into some of that where it's like it's not going to be as serious to get that playing time right away? Yeah, I would say uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. Um, the only way it could hurt is if you have a guy, let's say a high profile top 10 guy that is expecting, Hey, I commit to this school. I'm going to play as soon as I jump in there. Um, the, the concern with the NIL and having a guy like that is if he thinks he's going to play right away and he's not going to get to play well, uh, if he has an NIL deal and then he decides to transfer, it's only just, it, then it becomes like a free agency. I feel like, um, I feel like NIL uh, will help a lot of these athletes, maybe not as much the high profile, but a lot of these guys that are kind of in the middle towards the top, but not really these top guys. I think that helps them kind of stay committed to that school and realize, hey, I, when it's my turn, I'm going to ball out. Until then, I'm just going to uh, work hard, play hard, uh, enjoy the benefits of what NIL is doing for me and uh, stick with that school. But I definitely think NIL is helping. I definitely think you see it more in other sports than football uh, because some of these guys, I would say for baseball and basketball and, and other sports as well, you're not always going to come in and play right away as a freshman. you got to realize there are older guys above you. But having an NIL deal definitely will help you uh, kind of stay committed to the school. Yeah, and to go back on, on your point there, I think the – you know, I think – you look at five and seven last year for Texas and, and, and definitely disappointing. But I think if, if you're if like someone that's, you know, that watches football, yeah, five and seven was disappointed, but you know, they weren't going to go, you know, undefeated last year. I think everyone kind of is aware of that, but now you're seeing kind of the, why they, they brought in Steve Sarkeesian and the staff he brought in. It's to get these recruits like this and man, to, you know, right now, 2025 is when, you know, of course I know that I think Texas would like to be in the SEC tomorrow, you know, if they could, um, but it's really going to come down to Oklahoma and, and their inability to really pay out 
the portion of the contract that they still owe. Um, but man, if, if the recruiting keeps on going the way it is with, with Texas and Texas A&M, man, 2025, hopefully Thanksgiving, that's when I would want it, you know, back like it back or the uh, black Friday. I think it was, you know, um, uh, Texas A&M, Texas. I mean, no, no better. That's, that's why I remember growing up. Right. And so, and it's kind of almost looks like it's starting just from a recruiting standpoint going towards when 2025 hits both of these squads are going to be just that rivalry's going to be back and i can't wait man i i mean you know you're you're an aggie i'm a longhorn that rivalry it's 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 it stinks that we haven't had it for so long so um (laughs) you got something to say jackson yeah, and uh, I feel like a lot of people, when when you root for a team, obviously you have bias, but as an A&M fan, you love to see that Texas is getting back to where they should be, especially in the recruiting game. Now, in the on past paper, years, right? on paper. Let's, let's be, I'll be fair, on paper, well, on right? Paper, on, yes. on paper, yeah. What, what I was going to say is we've seen Texas have top classes in the past, I would say, five to six years, and them not perform well. Wow, we're looking at this class right now and what Amon put together last year on paper. It's looking like they're trending back in the right direction. And to see a top AM team versus a top Texas team, I feel like in 2025, it's just going to be really exciting. It's going to be what fans have been waiting for for uh, almost 10 years now. I mean, I remember watching uh, Texas kick the game winning field goal and just being absolutely uh, upset and down because. I would have to listen to my Texas fan or Texas friends talk about how they beat us the last time. And uh, I'm very excited to see the game come back. Uh, uh, I never actually got to go to a fan or go to a game as a fan. So I'm excited to actually be able to potentially go to a game. It's going to be a blast. And it's just great to see Texas and Texas A&M be at an elite status uh, right now on paper and also just where they're going and projecting to be. I was on the opposite end of that spectrum, by the way. Very, very happy um, when that kick went through. Uh, let's move on to a couple of our other kind of notes we have before we move on to our interview for the week. Um, probably the other biggest news, I would say, as far as just recruiting goes from the state of Texas is TJ Shanahan, the uh, the the behemoth of a man, if you you know, even though he's only a senior in, uh, in high school, he releases his top five and uh, make the list for Texas A&M. USC, Texas, Georgia, and LSU. Uh, you do feel he is leaning AM, and of course, you know that space well. So, uh, kind of walk me through this top five commit, or, or, or I guess top five release, and your thoughts on why uh, you know he's leaning towards AM. Yeah, I feel like just AM is a great fit for him. Uh, you're going to see a lot of young people, uh, young uh, underclassmen play for AM on the offensive line this year. Uh, they're a team that has shown in the past. I mean, you see Kenyon Green, when he came in as a freshman, he was able to start a right guard uh, for an SEC West team. So you obviously see S- or A&M is willing to play freshmen, especially on the offensive line at an early level. Uh, I just also think TJ is a great fit there. Uh, he's exactly what A&M needs in an offensive lineman. We, we want guys that can maul, and you have to have guys that really have that dog in them and have that fight in them in the SEC to play against all these big defensive linemen uh, who are some of the top in the country. So I think TJ fits really well there. I've seen lots of things that show me that he's trending in that direction. I think you could see a possible commitment after the pool party or at the pool party for A&M, um, but – don't, the only school I would say don't sleep on is LSU. Uh, I think LSU is kind of rising with him. So uh, as of right now, I think a the choice, but LSU is kind of right there. They're not too far behind. Interesting. Um, 
This is something that kind of just popped up on my Twitter thread um, right now as we were talking. And I don't know if you want to talk about this now or save it for another show, but um, the D1 Council is recommending that NCAA, NCAA get rid of the one-time um, part of its transfer rule. So, you know, athletes will be able to transfer, um, you know, kind of almost as many times as they wanted without um, without the uh, the penalty. Um, interesting news there, Jackson. What are your, I guess we can have a bigger maybe conversation next week with Ashton. But what are your initial thoughts on hearing this? I mean, obviously the transfer portal, a lot of people have different opinions on it. As an A&M fan, I've seen in other sports specifically, and especially in basketball and baseball this year, uh, we saw transfers do really well for us. It really helped our programs that uh, are now rising, uh, as you've seen A&M basketball and A&M baseball not really do too well last year. Uh, this year, AM baseball makes it to the College World Series. AM basketball uh, gets snubbed out of the uh, tournament, but they make it to the NIT and they do pretty well there. So, uh, football wise, you see guys transferring all the time, especially in conference as well. Um, to let players transfer multiple times, I think that it, it's good for the player, but it also hurts teams. It hurts teams to, because then you're going to see guys maybe transferring to schools for playing time, but then transferring to another school for NIL and then transferring back to another. It could just be a whole circus. Um, as of right now, my, my initial thoughts are this is just going to end, uh, not in the way that NCAA maybe wanted to. Um, but as of right now, I'm not necessarily a big fan of the, uh, being able to transfer multiple times, uh, without penalty. I'm going to look on the other end of that spectrum. I mean, I think sometimes when we think of things, we, we look at the, the the worst case, right? And, and, and I think the worst case in that situation is I was going to transfer, 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 right? Um, for, for kind of whatever reasons. But I think you're going to have, I think this is beneficial for for maybe some of those in the situations you might not think of, right? Maybe someone transfers because, and again, a lot of these situations I'm going to talk about, they're completely hypothetical, maybe would never happen. But, you know, you think about, Hey, I'm going to transfer because I came in and my coach, the coach I wanted to play for, he got, he got let go. And the coach that came in, he just wasn't, it wasn't the system. I, and this is for all sports, not just, you know, football, but you know, like, you know, the system is not what I signed up for. Um, you know, the coaching staff wasn't what I signed up for. So I'm going to transfer something and they transfer and then something maybe else happens. Hey, you know, you hear about this all the time. Hey, my, my, you know, my mom died, right? I'm going to go home and help take care of my dad or or something like that, right? There's all these, these I think, special situations that this is going to be beneficial for. And yes, you're going to have those situations where it's going to get a little hectic when you kind of think of, you, you know, especially college football. But I think for other sports, it's going to be beneficial. So, it, yeah, it's going to be, it'll be a little messy, but I think there's going to be some good out of this as well. Um, move on to our last topic um, before we move on to our interview, and that's uh, Jane Greathouse. Um, we, we said it in our show last week. Hey, when when our show is live, he's probably committing, and sure enough, he does commit when we're show when our our show. I made a little note on the show, but you know, wanted to, to just talk about it. He officially commits to Notre Dame um, over OU, um, and I'll tell you what, uh, Marcus Freeman, first year head coach, he's put he for, for me almost sneakily. I think he's putting together a really good class, and and you know, I think Notre Dame gets a lot of um, you know bad rub because you know they're not in the conference. They'll get into the, hey if they're going to feed they're getting to the playoff just because they're that's because their name that carries that pedigree, which I mean people can make arguments about that sure but I'm really liking what what uh, Coach Freeman's doing there at Notre Dame Jackson your thoughts on uh, on Greyhouse uh, committing to Notre Dame? 
Yeah, I think this is a big time get for Notre Dame. You're getting one of the top receivers in the state and could end up being the best wide receiver to ever play Texas high school football. As we see, he's not too far behind the all-time uh, receiving yards record uh, set a couple of years ago by another wide receiver. But I think this is a great get for Notre Dame. He's, he is an elite wide receiver. Uh, he won. He's won three state championships. He was the state MVP last year. I mean, guy's just an absolute stud on the outside. You can put him inside. He's got he does have breakaway speed. He's got great hands. Uh, big time get for Notre Dame. Also, Notre Dame's starting to make their footprint in Texas. Uh, they've gotten Jaden Greathouse, and then they also went and got Micah Bell uh, down the road from me down in Houston from Kincaid, uh, elite DB. So uh, you're definitely seeing Notre Dame start to come down in Texas, as even right now they're trying to get Austin Novosad from Jipping Springs to flip his commitment to Notre Dame right now. So I think this is a big time get for Notre Dame. This might actually help propel them and help them get more Texas players. As you can see, Jaden and also Micah start to help recruit guys from around their area to try to go with them to Notre Dame. Well, let me forget Braylon James there as well. Um, so from the Austin area. So, I mean, they're building something there at Notre Dame and excited to see uh, what they do, you know, talking about Jane Greathouse and Westlake, that kind of leads us kind of almost a segue into uh, to our interview this week because uh, you're gonna you got to interview in with uh, what, what you know with Westlake's rival, uh, Lake Travis quarterback uh, and Michigan State commit. So you know, kind of uh, you know Notre Dame, Michigan State, kind of almost rivalry right there. Bo Edmondson. So go ahead and uh, talk about that and lead us into the interview, Jackson. Yeah, I got the chance to talk to Bo uh, and interview him. He's a great kid. He's been a three-year starter, or he will be a three-year starter this year at Lake Travis. He's been playing since his sophomore year. Uh, he talked to me about his commitment to Michigan State. Uh, he talked to me about what it was like playing in the regional or in the state semifinal game against North Shore last year, goals for this year. It was a great interview, a uh, great kid, humble kid, and uh, it's going to be a great interview for the show. All right, well, without further ado, let's jump to that interview with Bo Edmondson right now. Thanks, Josh. We're here with uh, class of 2023, Lake Travis quarterback Bo Edmondson, committed to Michigan State. Bo, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Let's jump right into it right there. You're committed to Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State has been recruiting Texas really hard this year. Uh, what was it about Michigan State that really made it feel like home? Maybe it was something on your visit. Maybe it was a game you visited. What – what made that place home for you? I don't know. Just ever since I got my offer, I think it was last May or March, um, around that time, just consistent communication with the coaching staff, Coach Tucker, Coach Johnson, um, just wanting me to get up to campus and then me finally getting the opportunity to get up to campus this February. So it took, took a little – took a while, um, just, just the home atmosphere that they have there, the welcoming that they showed to me and my family. It just – it felt right. Um, obviously, you found that in Michigan State. Uh, now let's talk about uh, you, you've been the varsity quarterback at Lake Travis, which has traditionally had quarterbacks go play at the next level. You see guys in the NFL like Baker Mayfield. Um, what's it been like playing for Lake Travis? You started your, during your sophomore year. What's it been like playing for Lake Travis, and what are some things that uh, you liked about last season for yourself? I don't know. It's just an honor to really play at Lake Travis. I mean, like you said, Baker Mayfield and all the other quarterbacks who have gone through, um, just being able to carry on that legacy and hand over the torch of, I think it's 11 Division One quarterbacks in a row now. Um, I mean, it, just to continue the legacy, it's pretty awesome. And then 
with last season playing with those guys. We had a very talented team last year. A lot of receivers went went on to play Division One football. A lot of DBs, defensive guys went on to play Division One football. So just having the special the special room and the special team around you, it makes us, it makes my life a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, looking at your stats, man, you had three thousand two hundred thirty nine yards. You basically had 215 yards a game, had 38 total touchdowns. Uh, and you also got 30 – or, sorry, excuse me. You've got two touchdowns on the ground as well. Um, Y'all make it to the semis last year. Or, sorry, you make it to the regional final last year. You lose there. Now you're going into your senior year. Uh, Lake Travis hasn't won the state championship, correct me if I'm wrong, since 2016. So what – obviously the goal is state, but what are some maybe some personal goals or team goals that you have for next season? Yeah, we just have a super young – so last year I was pretty much the youngster in the crew and just taking on the leadership role as a young guy. Um, but now I'm the older guy and we got a lot of young players to play with. So just trying to coach them up, get them on the winning mentality. Because like you said, we actually did go to semifinals last year. We lost to North Shore. Um, but I think that's the goal. I mean, I think North Shore beat us the past three years now. So just trying to get through them. I mean, they're a very good team down in Houston. Um, just getting through them and just continuing the, the, the deep playoff runs. Yeah, and the other thing that uh, a lot of people – I feel like a lot of people don't really realize all the time is y'all have to play Westlake every year for district. And this year, y'all's district, y'all have got three, three solid quarterbacks in that district with yourself. You've got Austin Novosad at Dripping Springs. And then now you've got up-and-coming Paxson Land at Westlake. What's it like getting to play against that type of competition in a district? Alone. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy because a lot of those other teams, they play some not-so-good teams. But when we play, like you said, Austin and Paxton and a lot of other quarterbacks like Connor over there at Bowie, um, it just prepares you for playoffs. I think that's part of our success for the deep playoff runs, um, just playing the competition week in and week out. Even some of the, the not-so-not – as good teams in our district, they'll still give you a run for your money and they'll make it a game if, if you're not performing. So just that prepares us for playoffs and prepares us for later games. So now that, now that we're in the off season, we're, we're actually, we're about three, four weeks out from putting the pads back on, getting back to practice. Yep. Um, what is a game that y'all have circled on your schedule for next season? I think it has to be West. Like, it's always the game that we have circled on our schedule. Um, we typically play them the last regular season of the game – last regular season game of the year. Um, now we have them week five this year, little little switch up. So, that game's always circled, just trying to get revenge from last year. Um, that That's the one that's circled. I mean, they're the team to beat for the past two, three years. So, I feel like we can do it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Westlake has had very good success winning three state championships the past three years. Obviously, y'all yep. want to change the script on them this year. Yep. Um, now we're going to kind of switch it up here, ask a, ask a little bit of a fun question. Obviously, NIL has become such a big deal in college football now. You see guys having deals with Canes, with car dealerships, with what, what have you. What would be the NIL deal for you that you would love to have, whether it's a candy car dealership, a brand? What, what would it be for you? I think it would either have to be Chick-fil-A or Bojangles. I mean, okay. It's bow, okay. Time. it's bow time, but they don't have much. They don't, I don't think they have Bojangles in Michigan. So that may be a stretch, <laughs> but, but Bojangles and Chick-fil-A for sure. For sure. I mean, you've already got the bow part. It's like, it's exactly. like it's written, it's written in the sand already. It's already there. 
So the last thing I really got for you, Bo, um, as we're looking towards next season, that'll be your last year playing for Lake Travis. What is the legacy that you want to still build upon but leave at Lake Travis once you've graduated? Yeah, I just want to leave a legacy of hard work pays off. I think the young quarterbacks in our QB room have started to understand that and adopt that. Um, it's going to be long days in the film room. You're not going to go home. You're going to be up there from 5.30 to 6 p.m. every single day, and you got to love it. Um, I think the young quarterbacks are starting to adopt that, and that's really – if you're in the film room and taking things, uh, taking things really slow, that, that, that's what slows the game down, I think, the most for us. So putting in the extra hours um, and just working hard, I feel like. It's good. That's, those are some wise words from a young, uh, a young senior who's about to become a Michigan, Michigan State Spartan. Bo, the last, the last thing I'll let you say before we kind of end it here, uh, what's your message to Michigan State fans as you'll be going there to play for the next three to five years yeah. after next season? I'm just excited for it, ready to get up to East Lansing, um, ready to play in the big games. I feel like Texas high school football – is somewhat under underrated. I mean, it's definitely everybody knows that Texas high school football is the best, but I feel like people take it for granted sometimes and being able to play Texas high school football for three years, it really will prepare you for the next level. So I'm ready for it. Sure. This has been uh, Bo Edmondson from Lake Travis committed to Michigan state. Bo, thank you for hopping on the show. We're going to sure. send it back to Josh and myself now. So Bo, thanks once again. I uh, loved having you on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you. Once again, Jackson, thanks for that interview. Going to be a great season to watch. Obviously, I think Westlake and Lake Travis are always battling back and forth for that playoff spot. So it'll be interesting to see. Or not made it out for the playoff spot for the first spot, I should say. I mean, both of them obviously made it to the state semis last year. Westlake obviously going and winning it all. Um, Lake Travis coming up just short against North Shore. So, you know, they're out for some some revenge this, this season and, and maybe trying to put a stop to Westlake's current win streak. So I think, yeah, Lake Travis was the last team, team to beat them. Um, it was uh, during that 2019 season. So Westlake's been on that uh, win streak ever since. Let's move on to our Under the Radar segment now. Under the Radar is, of course, the segment where we take a look at athletes we feel are un, under the radar for one reason or another. It doesn't mean, you know, they're not a great athlete by any means. Sometimes we cover these athletes that are you know, three or four stars, and we are like, why do you only have three or four offers? It makes no sense. And so that's what Under the Radar is all about, is just trying to give some uh, some love to some of these athletes. So, Jackson, start with you first. Who you got this week? Yeah, so my Under the Radar at, or athlete this week is Demetrius Pierce, uh, Coppers Cove High School, class of 2024 wide receiver. He's 6'3", 180. Uh, he's a guy I got DM'd about from Fury 7 on 7 and Coach Grant. Uh Obviously, 6'3", 180, that's great size for a wide receiver. Uh, has great speed, great athleticism. He's a guy that's got great ball skills as well. Obviously, as you can see in the tape, a guy that can make big plays uh, when you need it. Uh, I expect him to start picking up his recruitment uh, as he's going into his junior year. Uh, I think if he hits some camps and stuff, some college coaches are definitely going to take chances on him, and I definitely think he's worth the chance. He's a guy I could see starting to blow up in his junior year, uh, progressing into his senior year. So watch out for this kid uh, from Coppers Cove, Demetrius Pierce. I think he's about to blow up uh, in his junior year, and as you can see in the tape, already a solid wide receiver uh, that a school needs to take a chance on. My guy is going to – I'm sticking with wide receiver as well, by the way, but I'm going to go with uh, Ethan McAllister of Buta Johnson High School over here 
in the Austin, San Antonio area. Uh, View Johnson, of course, is uh, in its uh, I think fourth year of uh, of being a high school varsity football program now, and uh, I think he is kind of one of those um, cogs that's been helping build this program up. They're actually moving up to 6A this year, got realigned, and uh, I think they're actually in Westlake and Lake Travis district. So it's going to be some good competition to really showcase what he's made of because i mean this man is a he's he, not only is he an athlete i think he's a dual sport athlete if you ask me um you know just watching the tape he's quick off the ball um actually absolutely can torch defenders with his his first move you know he he gets that first move and he can get right past the defender you love to, you love to see that from from a wide receiver um he's tough to bring down an open space if you get if he gets past you, you you're almost never going to catch him and so you love that speed that he has um, he's also he's also got you know some quick feet. You know there's a situation where he needs to juke and jive. He's going to be able to do that and, and then use that speed to, to score. So um, you know just like I said, look at the clips. You'll see him you know making defenders miss. Um, things going to be a nice addition to a college. He's uncommitted at the moment. I didn't see any offers. At least he's not talking about them. Um, but I think whoever gets them and, and maybe it could be one of those situations too because. Tell you what, he can play baseball as well. Um, and so, you know, I think it's kind of be up to him. Does he want to stick to one sport? Maybe he can play both sports at a college. Maybe he's looking at that. So that could be maybe be part of his mindset as, as well. So I think he's going to have the pick of the leader if he wants to play college or, or football. So uh, my under the radar athlete of the week is Ethan McAllister. And if you want to be featured on our show as an under the radar athlete, or you know someone that needs to be featured, hit us up in the comments. Let us know in the DMs. Send us an email. Heck, if you have our numbers, give us a text. We will cover you or an athlete you know on the show. That's what we love to do here. That being said, that's going to be our show for today. As always, I like to end the show with some shout-outs. So, Jackson, who are you shouting out, man? Yeah, I'm just going to shout-out uh, you, Josh. This has been episode 24. Uh, we've been doing this now for a couple months, and it's been a lot of fun. I, I've enjoyed doing the show with you. I uh, enjoy going to enjoy doing many more shows with you. And also just want to shout out uh, the team that's been doing the photo shoots the past couple, the past two weeks. Uh, we've really been out there sweating, doing our thing, uh, putting together a great media day for our clients. So it, it's been a lot of fun and I know it's been a lot of hard work, but shout out to everyone that's been putting in the work to do that. Uh, it's been a blast. Yeah. Shout out to you as well. I mean, we're about to move into the football season and, and it's going to be fun doing this show during uh, during the football season itself. Uh, I mean, we're getting closer every every week to that one-year mark. And, man, can't wait for that to happen. I'm um, also going to shout out um, the THSCA, Texas High School Coaches Association. Again, that conference was this weekend. I, I love that conference. I mean, you get coaches coming, learning, um, and, and networking. And that's what it's all about if you're a Texas high school coach. So shout out to them as well. Um, got to see some some people out there, so that was always good because I obviously know some coaches in the field. My brother's a coach, um, um, and then I got a good uh, good friend uh, who's a, a professor at the University of Texas. Actually, he works a lot with them, so I got to w- to see him as well. So shout out to you, uh, Doctor Childs. Uh, that's gonna be our show for today. Um, as always, guys, we are here every Friday at noon. I think we we may end up changing to Thursday once once the football season starts. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge as it gets closer, but Hey, until, until uh, told otherwise, we're here every Friday at noon, uh, for your viewing pleasure and all things you need to know, Texas high school football recruiting. So until next week, I'm whack and that's Jackson. We'll see you at the games. <laughs>